Baby, there's fights tonight. We've got to go away. Baby, there's fights tonight. I know it has been. Been hoping we'd stay in. Just one whole week. Please, just this once, I'm feeling weak. Our friends will start to Beautiful, worry. what's your hurry? You know they will be pacing the floor. Listen to that crowd roar. So really, we'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Maybe just half a drink more. Put the prelims on while I pour. The prelims might stink. Baby, it's bad out there. And I don't even drink. No fights to be had out there. I wish I knew how the prelims are starting now. Break this spell. For an underdog, he's doing well. I ought to say no, no, no. Why'd the sir? ref move in closer? At least I'm gonna say that I tried. I wish they judged the fights like in pride. You really can't stay. Don't wanna go out, Robert. But there's fights tonight. Juice, really another Saturday night? Yes, come on, I've been looking forward to this all week. It's the last one of the year. Ugh. We simply must go. Baby, there's fights tonight. The answer is no. Baby, there's fights tonight. The prelims have been He's sinking both hooks so in. very nice. And the main card is just as nice. Our friends will get suspicious. Damn, those elbows were vicious. They're waiting for us down at the bar. Man, that's gonna leave a nice scar. Those elbows really are This whiskey sure is delicious. Well, maybe just half a fight I've more. never been so happy before. We really should go. Baby, I'd freeze out there. Come get your No Dan Hooker knees out there. It's really been great. Planted a nice and right oh, hand. Who is he? He's that guy who trains with Izzy. I'm sure you can watch tomorrow. Think of my lifelong sorrow. Even though it's not the usual. If I get called a filthy casual. I guess we'll just stay. I'm not gonna go out. Baby, Baby there's fights tonight. Welcome, everybody, to the Fighting With Myself podcast. Your favourite podcast's favourite podcast. Ooh, I've stumbled onto a new catchphrase, haven't I? Well, we'll see if we'll see if we like that one. I don't know. If you haven't noticed, I'm going to be doing this uh, the entirety of this episode in a proper British dialect, and it's going to be a long one. So, just lie back and think of England. <laughs> Cheeky. Let me first run down a brief, uh, well, give you a brief rundown of how this show is going to go and what we're going to be talking about, and then we'll just get right into it. First, we're going to recap UFC Busan, or Busan, or however the fuck you want to say it, the place in South Korea where this last bit of sanctioned violence took place. Then we're going to run down some news tidbits, which just so happens to be only matchups this week, and get a proper jump into this week's forum the last forum of 2019 mind you we'll get into that later because after the forum we're going to preview next week since we've got no fights to look forward to going to be doing some awards so stay tuned for that but first off let's talk about ufc busan now i'm going to be 150 percent honest i missed a majority of the prelims now is that my fault no because i like sleep 
So I won't go having anybody calling me a fucking casual or, or whatever the fuck you want to say. Just because I like sleep. Now, I woke up for only the main event. And I was like, oh no, this is terrible. Because obviously what you know what happened. And we're going to get to that later. I went to the recap. and Or not recap, rather the replay. And for some reason, because ESPN Plus is a fucking terrible app... They only had the main card available on the replay. I clicked prelims and it fucking said my provider does not include this in the subscription. Now, that's a lie because I watched it earlier. And after a few clicking back and forth and, and trying different things, logging out, logging back in, deleting the app, re-downloading the app, I managed to catch a live broadcast of the prelims and it started with the... KO of Matt Schnell by Alessandre Pantoja. Now, that was a fucking brutal KO. But when I say it started with that, meaning it was live, a live replay, so I jumped on, and literally, I just see the fucking knockout. I'm like, whoa, what a fucking way to start this broadcast. But honestly, um, I wish I had seen the whole fight, because a lot of you are asking me. Um, basically what I thought of the fight and that's what I thought as I just saw the knockout and I'm sure it was fucking bananas and I'm really sad I missed it um and then I sort of um the stream well it's not a stream it was proper through ESPN because I don't fucking stream uh, I'd like to pay for the things I like to watch but um whatever broadcast I was watching would not allow me to carry on a whole way so I missed a majority of the fights after that including Cyril Gan, which we're going to talk about later, and um, that guy's the fucking future, so I'm really, um, really sad that I missed out on that. Um, other than that, let's jump into the main card. Um, we started the night off, well, started the main card off, really, with Kung Ho Kang getting a decision of a Pingyuan Lu. Now, this guy is pretty damn good, and... I didn't know beforehand that Pingyuan Lu trains with Uriah Faber and the rest of Alpha Male. Well, it's just called Team Alpha now, isn't it? Proper um, progressive and all that. You know, well, there's some females there. It's just Team Alpha now. I mean, how fucking weird is that, right? I mean, anyway, we're not going to get into that because that's sort of nomenclature as well for another podcast, to be honest with you. But a good fight nonetheless. It was a bantamweight fight, and normally those do deliver. This one had a bit too much wrestling for my liking, especially this early in the fucking morning. But, well, that's how life goes sometimes, doesn't it? Next up, we had a um, another fucking wrestling-heavy decision with um, Jung Yong Park getting a decision over Marc-Andre Barriol. Now, I do like... Mark Andre, but he's got to learn proper takedown defense. He's got to learn jujitsu, and he's got to learn how to stop these fucking wrestlers. That's that's the end of it. There, there's nothing more to be said. He he can't stand and bang. This is fucking 2019 MMA. If you're primarily a striker, you've got to piece it all together, haven't you? I'm slipping in and out of RP and dipping a destry. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. But we're going to push on, as they say. 
Speaking of pushing on, that fucking knockout over Mike Rodriguez, that um, Korean fellow Jung Da-un scored, that was great. And shame I will shamelessly admit, I did pick Mike Rodriguez and um, ate my fucking words, didn't I? Yes, I did. Jung Da-un knocked him the fuck out. And it started um, really the rest of the night because after that, all the fights were sensational. It's like he just woke up everybody. Not to say they were sleeping. I mean, I certainly was, but um, no no knock on the prelims because, again, I didn't watch them. But that, that knockout was great. And so, you know, more of that, please. More of that, definitely. But after that, we had a brilliant fight between Duho Choi, the Korean superboy, and Charles Jordan, the French-Canadian fellow. I rather liked this fight, and I did pick the Korean superboy leading into it, but happy to eat my words as a as a Frenchie, um, got a nice KO win. Um, bit of an interesting start to his UFC career. He um, short notice debuted at lightweight against Desmond Green, and really from that, I think we all, at least I did, partially write him off, and shame on me, shame on anyone else that did as well. Uh, this guy's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I rather like his post-fight interview as well, saying, Volkanovski and the Maxilloway are kings, and I'm just trying to be another king, I have to be a conqueror, and you know, whatever fucking French-Canadian dialect you might um, superimpose on that. Actually, it's an accent, but if we're really being serious, the French-Canadian way of speaking French is a dialect of French, but in that case, he was probably using an accent. You know, I'm not going to get into this, bore you with my fucking um, feelings about accents and dialects. We're not going to do that. But excited for this young man nonetheless. And moving on to the co-main. Now... I don't know how to feel about this decision. Because if you if you thought that Alexander Rakic won the fight, I don't really have any complaints. Um, don't have anything to say to defend that. Um, although, I do see why they gave it to Volkan. Um, there's certainly a case to be made for Alexander as well. I mean, it, it really textbook definition of a of a close fight. Really, uh, really sound display of high-level mixed martial arts. And I, I would quite like to see either of them fight someone highly ranked next. Um, you know, obviously Rakic is going to go down the list, but what I mean by that is by no means is he out of contendership. Um, you know, he he arguably beat the guy who fought for a title last year and has been in many high-profile fights. So, really, lots to be admired here. And I like that Vulcan buried Dominic Reyes in his post-fight interview, as he should. Reyes is a fraud. And would I like to see that fraud KO Don Jones? Absolutely. fucking -lutely. Do I think he will? Absolutely fucking not. So I think that 
in his in the wake of his loss rather you know moving forward fast forward to 2020 after he's lost to John Jones then Volkan's going to slide in there and get his rematch beat the piss out of him and uh, possibly fight John Jones now there is a there is a young man on Twitter by the name of Eric something um that's the handle is rampage fan um he thinks that Volkan is the man to beat John Jones and while I would love for that to be true, I don't know if it is. But I would like to give him credit if it does happen. So um, just wanted to give a quick shout out to that gentleman. Anyway, the main event. And my friends, I must admit this is hard for me to say. Because I do rather like Frankie Edgar a lot. And since moving to New Jersey these past couple of years... I felt very welcomed, and the people here love Frankie Edgar. My, one of my bosses at the place that I work has told me that not only is his coach a customer of ours, um, that Frankie is his favorite fighter, and uh, he doesn't really follow MMA, to my knowledge. So um, people here love Frankie Edgar, and I really, really wanted him to beat the Korean zombie but he did not he fell short and Mark Goddard if you're listening you're on my fucking list for letting Frankie take as much damage as he did that fight was over should have been stopped uh, the direction he was giving him just to say Frankie get out of there no, no. unacceptable unacceptable Yes, we know Frankie's tough. We know he's a warrior. And absolutely could have turned it round. But not after the first 10 seconds of that going on. I mean, I'm abysmal. Trying not to get upset. Because when I get upset, I will lose the voice. And that's not going to happen. But fuck me. I was not happy. Not happy at all. Mark Goddard, you're on my fucking list. And that's it. That's all I have to say. Mark Goddard can put on a vest with pockets and take a bloody hike. And I guess that brings us to the end of the UFC Busan recap. But I would like to end on a, on a positive note. Before we get into... Um, some news tidbits. As you know, this week is Christmas. I fucking love Christmas. And we are going to have some carols later on in the episode. Courtesy of our friend Raging Sweet Potato. And really there's some wonderful questions in the forum about Christmas. But if you may remember, I participated in the MMA Twitter Secret Santa a couple of weeks ago. And um, shout out to Isha, um, Isha Chanel, I believe. First of all, shout out to her and, and well, congratulations on her nuptials with, uh, with, with the young Stuart. Um, she looked dashing, absolutely incredible in that black um, bridal dress. And your man Stuart with the peaky blinders fucking 
uh, get up. I, I was just absolutely floored. I loved it. Um, but Isha organized uh, the MMA Twitter Secret Santa. And my um, Santa, the, the person sending me a gift, was uh, Barry Mayoros. So I'd like to shout him out for being absolutely a fucking gentleman and giving me the best present I could have ever hoped for and did not know that I needed. Um, he got me a um, Bisping walkout hoodie. I suppose it's apropos that I'm using this dialect at the moment. Um, if I'm actually wearing it right now. It fits perfectly like a glove. And um, Bisping is my second favorite fighter. So um, since I, I, I don't think they make the Roxanne one, uh, this is the closest thing I can get to having my favorite fighter um, apparel-wise. So um, Barry is the man, um, has has been around the Twitter sphere for a long time, and I've not seen him be anything but positive. Just great, always always commenting, um, shouting people out, very, very interactive, very positive, and you should all go and follow him if you're not already. B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-Y-O-R-O-S. So I'm sorry if I butchered the pronunciation of your name, Barry, but um, there is a spelling for you to go and follow him because he's absolutely worth it. Wonderful, wonderful company. And that brings us to the end of this segment. So let's take a quick break. And when we return, we are going to be doing uh, some news tidbits. And we're back. Thank you for putting up with me. And we shall push on, as they say. Now, the first bit of news I'd like to talk about is um, a matchup that's been announced. And as I said earlier, all of these are matchups. Um, Tom Breeze versus Brendan Allen has been made official for um, UFC Norfolk, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. And that's taking place February 29th next year, which is odd to me. Um, because that means next year's a leap year. And so it's just perfect that there's a UFC card on that leap day, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I like this for a few reasons. First off, Tom Breeze, when he does fight, always puts on a hell of a performance, um, barring that Sean Strickland fight that I was present for at UFC 199, which I've chalked up to him cutting to welterweight. I think he's a proper middleweight. I don't know why he was dehydrating his body to make that 170 mark. Shame on him. But he's found his home at 185. And let me just say, Brandon Allen is also on my fucking list. The aforementioned list, which has now contained Mark Goddard. And if you recall, um, I did mention this list a few episodes ago. Macy Barber is on that list, which is actually why Brendan Allen is on that list. Um, when Macy Barber was fucking, would not stop letting up on Paige Van Zandt and just kept on this fucking rant and tirade against her and just absolutely making a fucking fool of herself, uh, you know, really properly looking like the fucking catch me outside girl, I put up a post saying she's trash. Now, is that the proper pronunciation of trash? Should it be trash? I don't know. I don't care because it's Macy Barber. She does not deserve the proper pronunciation in this dialect. 
Um, and I would also like to say, uh, I was not meaning she's a trash fighter. I meant she's a trash human. And Brendan Allen jumped in my missions to be like, oh, people don't even find out calling her trash. Y'all are dumb. Shaking my head, doing the fucking stupid online talk. And I said, Brendan Allen, get the fuck out of my mentions. You don't even follow me. Why did you see this? Are you searching her name to fucking act as a white knight? Get the fuck out. So I hope Tom Breeze beats the piss out of Brendan Allen. And that's how I feel about it. And once I posted this... A lot of people came on to tell me, oh, this fight only has a 90% chance of falling through, or, or if Tom Breeze makes it, listen, the opponent is um, interchangeable. I don't care who, as long as Brendan Allen catches some, some hands from somebody in the middleweight division. Maybe that Eric Anders rematch. And now, moving on, going to get that negativity out of my life we're going to talk about something positive um for plenty of reasons because that event in norfolk virginia the aforementioned february 29th fight night event is going to be headlined uh at least i believe it's to be headlined don't know if that's official but um the big fight on that card so far is the vacant flyweight title fight between uh, Joseph Benavidez and Davison Figueredo. Now, if you think the flyweight division should be eradicated, especially after last night with the Alessandro Pantoja win, you're fucking out of your mind. Yes, Rhino, I'm looking at you. I love you, but you're out of your fucking mind. Uh, Joseph Benavidez versus Davison Figueredo, first of all, regardless of titles, is a fantastic fight. And it's a fight that we deserve. But the fact that it's for the vacant flyweight—it's fucking early. It's for the vacant flyweight title. That means number one, Cejudo has either been stripped or relinquished his belt. It's of no consequence which one to me. Uh, and B, he's no longer fucking the triple champ, triple C. He never was in my mind. Because an Olympic gold medal that was won in 2008 has no fucking bearing on whether or not you're a double champ in the UFC. Stupid cunt. Um, but also, it means that Joseph Benavidez is fighting for a title, which we can all appreciate or appreciate. And that's all I have to say about that. I just realized more so celebrating the demise of Henry that I am celebrating the um, comeuppance or, or or the the congratulations for Joseph um, don't know the right verbiage there but either way I am definitely looking forward to that fight hopefully I won't have to eat my arsehole again all right Jared Cannonier versus Robert Whittaker has been made official for March 8th in Vegas. Lots to, to unpack here. First of all, great fight. I think we were all hoping for Robert Whittaker versus Darren Till. Um, I don't hate that we're not getting this fight. I mean, the Till fight. Um, because, if I'm honest, to fight Whittaker would have been a little bit quick for Darren. Um, but... Still would have been an incredible fight. That said, Cannonier versus anyone really is an incredible fight. And Cannonier versus Whitaker is phenomenal. 
as good as it gets for the middleweight division, barring the title fight, which, by the way, when I noticed this, one of my first thoughts was, guess we're getting Cannoneer, uh, not fucking Cannoneer, guess we're getting Izzy versus Yoel now, aren't we? Who else is there? Who else? I mean, if you look at the possible options for Izzy, it's Cannoneer, that's out. Re, uh, Whitaker rematch, that's out. Or Yoel. And you've just fucking crossed two off that list, haven't you? Kennedy versus Whitaker made official. In my mind, solidifies Yoel as, well, not really the number one contender, but really who, who who's getting the next shot. So I can't wait for this fight, and I can't wait for them to finally announce Izzy's uh, next title fight, which I believe to be against Yoel. Either way, it's going to be awesome. And that wraps up the news tidbit segment, doesn't it? Now let's move on to everybody's favourite segment, the forum. And without further ado, we're just going to get it started. Now there's a lot, um, a lot of these, and we're not going to play them all, and I'll explain why. But, first off, we're going to start with Shane Terra, per usual. Yo, uh, Wrestling With Myself podcast, it's your boy, Shane Terra. As always, I'm coming with some really random shit for you. So, why the fuck does CM Punk have a, a Pepsi symbol tattooed on him? I don't get it. What the fuck? Um, also, who is your favorite tag team of all time? Uh, for me, it's probably uh, a tie between the Outsiders, the Bushwhackers... And then the greatest tag team of all time, um, the fucking Legion of Doom, or I guess if you want to call them the Road Warriors. I'm super cool with calling them the Road Warriors because it's old school, and only dudes like my dad call them that. But uh, yeah, Legion of Doom. Who's your favorite tag team? First of all, he asked about CM Punk's tattoo, and in my understanding, it is an advert. Basically, he got sponsorship from it. Otherwise, why else would you fucking tattoo Pepsi? I really don't know. But I'm pretty sure that's right. I think I read that. Or maybe he said it in an interview. Otherwise, we're going to run with it if it's not true. And secondly, your question about tag teams. Now, I do consider myself a fan of pro wrestling, but more of a casual fan and certainly a new fan. I watched as a kid um, in the Stone Cold, well, the Attitude Era, The Rock and, and those those chaps. But I quickly stopped watching when my fucking father told me it was fake. And as a kid, that's not what you want to hear. Now, as an adult, I've grown to appreciate it. And really the craft of it is something that fascinates me. And it's entertainment at its purest form which is something i definitely believe in so i'm getting back into it but not focusing on anything other than nxt which is sort of hipster of me i guess although i don't have much of an interest in modern wwe um other than to just sort of see the updates and whenever there's crossover into mma but um I also have been really loving this gentleman over in AEW called Orange Cassidy. 
He fucking wrestles with his hands in his pockets. It's class. I love every second of it. I can't get enough of this guy. I can't get enough. Um, Orange Cassidy. Um, but as far as tag teams go, given what I've just explained, um, my pick, even though you said all time, is not going to be an all time pick. Rather, it's going to be a new pick. And my choice is going to be the Street Profits from NXT. And if you don't know who they are, inform yourself. And that's all I will say. Also, came here to say, fuck the Undisputed Era. I know you're listening, Ashley, and fuck the Undisputed Era, and fuck Adam Cole, he's a prissy bitch. Prissy bitch. Hey, Fighting With Myself podcast. It's your homeboy, Shane Tara. And, uh, if you're not planning on already doing this with your end of year episode or first episode of the new year or whatever, I know a lot of people kind of like to pull some shit out like this, but I'm sort of curious, how do you feel? What do you, what do you think the the title picture is going to look like in the first six months of 2020? I don't really want to know who you think is going to be the champions of every week division at the end of 2020. That's not really interesting to me. What I'm curious is and the, at the end of that first six months, um, and you don't even have to name all the weight divisions. If you just want to name the more prominent ones that, that seem to be like defended and promoted the most and like the casuals know, that's cool. But who do you think is going to be the champions of those divisions um, after the first half of 2020? All right, I'm only going to do a couple because it's, first of all, a very difficult question. And as you mentioned, it's something that a lot of other podcasts do and not something I want to copy. But... Since you asked the question, I'm going to have a little fun. Um, firstly, lightweight is going to be Tony Ferguson. Not fielding questions about that. Don't even bother asking me, what's he going to do that 28 men have failed at? Shut right up. Put on a fucking vest, with pockets or without, don't care. Fill your knapsack with whatever it is you do when you take a hike, and fucking take a hike. Tony fucking Ferguson. That's it. That's that's all that's all I came here to say is Tony fucking Ferguson. Um also gonna be boring and say John Jones. Also gotta say probably Stipe. Um if they manage to make that trilogy, I do think Stipe will come out on top. Uh at least I hope he does. And that's really it. Oh, Usman probably fucking do I think Max can win the rematch? No, I think it's probably going to be Volkanovski. But, well, we'll save that for another question. But if they make Volkanovski's next fight not the rematch and someone who I want to see fight, I think it's going to be a tough fight for Volkanovski. Let's just say that. You're a slut dragon! What's up, Fighting With Myself podcast? Juice, this is I say, do the lie. Sitting here all stoned on my deaf, watching Rick and Morty. And uh, I was just looking through the fight card that uh, Cowboy and Connor are headlining, and I, I don't know, I, this escaped me. Or maybe it didn't, I'm just high. Macy against uh, Roxy. 
Because <laughs> I know where you're going to be on that, but what do you think of that, Juice? Let me know. I'm going to go shovel. Have a good one. First of all, thank you for the question. Second of all, this is what happens when you eat a lot of edibles. Third of all, I've talked about this at length in other podcasts, and I'm going to be definitely talking about it the week prior to UFC 246. But my thoughts on it, my feelings on it. First, when I first heard it, when it was first brought to my attention, and about 10 fucking people tagged me in the announcement, um, even before it was official, mind you, um, I was not happy with it. Because it's rewarding that fucking bully, Macy Barber, with... Really, one of the biggest names in that division. Don't at me. That's just the truth. Um, but I've grown to not like it, but I've grown to accept it. And my thoughts on it is that Roxy is going to embarrass this fucking troll. And I will be blocking anyone who fucking... After the fight, you know, if... It doesn't go the way I want it to go. I will be blocking anyone who fucking comes at me with a fucking na 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 boo boo shit. You fucking child. Oh, here we are. So, um, well, did I like the first one? Got to check. I don't know if I do, but I think it's necessary to play it. These next series of submissions are from your man Shane Terra, friend of the show. And he's going to explain it, but basically these are roasts of Andre Feely. And he sent about 14 of them, and I'm only going to play my favourites. So if you like them and you hate Andre Feely, um, definitely hit me up and you can hear all of them. Um, yeah, there you are. <clears throat> hey, Juicy J. It's your boy, Shane Terra. I'm fucking watching these busan fights and i'm just like dicking around on twitter and i keep seeing this the i keep seeing that promo picture of uh super sadiq yusuf against andre touchy feely and i just fucking i just want to make fun of andre feely endlessly until that fight like the, the dude the dude looks like he's in the dude looks like he's in his, his first band ever and they just got they just got offered a warp tour position like fuck man I hate that guy <laughs> I do rather like that one actually. Um so that was the first one. Now we're going to play the second. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Andre Feely looks like the kind of guy that your crackhead cousin goes and buys his his crack from and then Andre Feely offers him meth and then your crackhead cousin's like fuck it, I'll try meth and then Andre Feely gets your your cousin hooked on meth. What the fuck is going on? Why have I allowed this to happen? Andre Feely looks like the kind of guy that you invite over to your, to your house to smoke a bunch of weed and he brings over K2. Andre Feely is the kind of guy to think that Conor McGregor has really great grappling. And he also doesn't like Molly McCann. 
Admittedly, I left that bit in because of the Molly McCann bit. Andre Feely seems like the kind of guy to get his whole entire name tattooed on his back, and then he gets that tattoo covered up with a, another tattoo. But then the second tattoo is just an, another even shittier version of his name on his back. That might be the best one. Last one here. Andre Feely is the kind of guy to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on tattoos, but all his tattoos are really fucking terrible. Don't know why that one made me laugh, but it did. Yeah, it goes all the way up to 12, and then he took a break and then sent two more. Oh, here we are. So I'm really excited to play this next one, and I will admit, um, so when you submit a voice question through Anchor, um, it allows you to name it, or, well, name yourself. And this fucking person's name, well, he's a great guy. But the name he chose is Bow Before Me. And I thought it was a fucking troll being like, Bow Before Me. And I was like, great, let's fucking hear it. Turns out to be a great guy. So let's play this. Yo, just type on my photo. Not going to bring up Frankie too much. It would be a tough fight to take on short notice. Probably should have just stuck with this fight with Sandhagen. Go down to 135, man. It's 145 pounders are too powerful for you right now. It's ugly. Uh, on to the next couple questions I had. What do you think next is? What do you think's next for Cyril Gane? This dude is looking like a real problem for a lot of heavyweights. I'd like to see him kind of break into the rankings, maybe, maybe try to top, fight a top 15 guy. Um, what's your thoughts? Also. Um, Pantoja, man, this dude, this dude's good. I know he had a couple little losses there, um, but that's going to happen in that flyweight top 10. I mean, they're all tough. They're all tough, no matter what anybody's got to say. Absolutely. So that was type on my photo. That's his name on Twitter. That's not the handle, I believe that's, it's O-L-S-T kicks, if I'm not mistaken, like Old Street kicks or something. Great guy, love his fucking support and um, just interactions are overall good. Um, anyways, the question, Cyril Gan, um, what's next for him? Now, I don't, I don't want to rush him. And it feels like every time a heavyweight gets a good win that we think is a problem or like hits really hard right let's feed him to greg hardy let's have him take that cunt out greg hardy fuck greg hardy and i'm all about that but i also don't want to give greg hardy the shine that cyril gan can bring or should bring although greg hardy's a bit more of a name isn't he so I want to say Greg Hardy. I think I'm just resisting because we always say this. Like, oh, yeah, feed it. let's have him fucking take out Greg Hardy. And I'm like, well, we can't just say that to everyone, you know. Eventually they're going to be fucking bringing in more people for Greg Hardy. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if he fought someone who wasn't fucking making their debut or re-debut? Seriously. Oh, and Pantoja. Sky's the limit for him, really. Uh, or, well, Davis and Figueredo is the limit, isn't it? But, um, do you know what? I would like to see him versus 
Well, it's a bit of a step backward, but I do think a rematch with Kaikara France would be nice. They fought each other on tough, and Pantoja got the better of him, so I don't really see them making that with him just coming off a win. Kai just lost. The only way that would happen is if the decision had gone the other way round in the tough house. But I just like that fight. I think it, I think they fought brilliantly and they would fought, they would fight brilliantly again. Um, it's also the lack of... Lack? It's not a fucking word. The lack of depth in the flyweight division, um, which is not anyone's fault but the UFC. There are flyweights out there to be signed, let's be honest. Um, I also think um, Pantoja maybe needs to take a break. That was a fucking hell of a fight. So we'll see. Maybe he gets the loser. That's what I think. He gets the loser of this title fight in February. Yo, type on my photo slash bow before me. Got my question submitted already, man. Just got to say thanks for the show. Enjoy it after every event. Helps a breakdown. Really like this segment, too. People get asked their questions. Get featured on your show. Have a good holiday, man. Glad I started following you this year. And I'm glad I started following you as well, sir. That was perfect. Perfect submission there. Um, Really, really happy. Made me really happy to hear that. And um, yeah, this, this show has been a wild ride for me going to talk about it a bit more in the next episode but um i'm incredibly humbled by the support and just the wonderful people i've met on doing the show it's really been the highlight of my year i i love all of you i mean not the highlight obviously i got married that was a highlight of my fucking life but um just in terms of mma um doing the show and meeting all of you it's been I'm getting a little bit choked up here just been great and um merry christmas to you and yours happy christmas i should say all right juice it's me from over the sea it's your boy joe blog said for just like to wish you your missus and all the juice heads a merry christmas and happy new year and to all them trolls that listen, go fuck yourselves. Anyway, uh, just a quick question, because I'm bobbing off to work now for the three shitty night shifts. Um, just want to know, is there any fights that you want to watch next year Not that haven't been made? That's all, mate. Have a good one. God, I love that question so much. I love it because, yeah, fuck the trolls and... We know they listen. We know that. We know. And uh, made me smile when you wished um, me and my missus a happy Christmas. Um, in terms of fights I'd like to see, um, I guess it's all barring um, how Conor McGregor gets past Cowboy or not. But if he does, I would like to see the Masvidal fight. I think... It would be an exciting fight, and I think Masvidal would knock him the fuck out. And to be honest, that's the shit I do like. 
or I need in my life anyway. What's up, Fighting With Myself podcast? It's your boy. I say dude a lot. Korean Zombie's a motherfucker. And I ain't gonna talk no shit on Frankie. So I don't know Genghis and Punk be mad. But, I don't know, I think age is just catching up with him. You know what I mean? People seeing what he does, and he's kind of, I think he just got figured out, man. He's always been undersized, which is why it was awesome to see him kick fucking ass, you know? But, yeah, what's up to the DM crew? Especially Pam, on a rampage. I like this heel turn shit. You're going to lose people, but that's all right. The real ones will hold you down. Uh, again, Merry Christmas to all you guys. I hope everybody has a awesome holiday with their family and i'll talk to you again soon hope i make this on for this week later yes it did indeed make it obviously and just want to quickly address uh the aforementioned heel turn not a fan of it um i mean i was at first i like the gimmick i like what you're doing um lost the rp there but um then that sort of vitriol was directed at um, a favorite outlet of mine and some quality people who are very supportive of me and the show. And that's when I just, that was the final straw. And I'm not a fan of this heel turn, but I'm a fan of Uzi as a person. I, I guess in general, I like him a lot. So keep doing you and I'll just have you muted then. Perfect. But I love you. Merry Christmas, Juice, my sweet, sweet boy. My question is... haven't thought of a fucking question yet, so... Let me just think of one real quick. Okay. Cyril Gane, um, the heavyweight prospect from France. Do you think he would be a threat to any of the up-and-coming heavyweights in the division? I personally want to see him fight Greg Hardy, because I want to see Greg Hardy lose in dramatic fashion. Who do you think he should fight? Do you think he's a real prospect? Happy Merry Christmas, everyone listening. Remember, depending on whether or not Juice has played my song, or if I even come through with the song, I hope you enjoy it. And I wrote that in an hour, so don't be too harsh. Yes, first of all, thank you for the question, Jake. You are much appreciated. And um, the lyrics you wrote were brilliant from what I saw. Um, I just didn't know the song. He, he sent me some lyrics of a song and it was uh, just not one I'm familiar with. And I was like, oh, damn, I'd love to do this. These are fucking great. But I just didn't know the song. So um, that's on me. And um, he's going to try to get someone else to sing them. So I'm going to allow a little more time for that. As of as of right now, it has not been sent. But uh, maybe maybe post it on your own, lad. Do that. Oh, and, and as far as Cyril Gan is concerned, uh, by the way, it's French, so it's not Garnet, um, although that might be an acceptable pronunciation given his African roots. Um, if I am correct in thinking that, um, I could be wrong on those as well now that I'm thinking about that, but um, given that he is um, living in France and considers himself French, it is Gan far as I know 
And what's next for him? Yeah, I did sort of answer this already, but I do think the Greg Hardy fight is the fight to make. Um, otherwise, definitely someone in the fucking... Oh, you know what would be good? A really good fight would be fucking Jorgen de Castro. That would be a good fight for him. Um, I have Cyril in that fight all day, but I know that um, there are some fans or, or listeners... I don't like to say fans. It sounds fucking arrogant i'm definitely not that but some listeners of this program who are a fan of jorgen de castro because of his uh, from cape verde and that's fucking cool so i love you who are from cape verde that are listening to this program and i love jorgen de castro as well i'm just really high on cyril so um yeah let's make that fight hello juice it's me from over the water it's your gentleman Joe Blog 74 Now, first thing, I'd just like to say thank you to Mr. Andrew for making this possible, talking like this, so I don't have to talk like the stupid northern man that I am. Secondly, please, in your posh's voice, could you please say some of the things you always say, like, Is it though? And them's the things I do like. What? And my question is for you, in 2019, what is your favourite win and your favourite loss? Mine is Masvidal's five seconds. And my favourite loss is obviously Cockhold. Anyway, got to go. Toodle. What? First of all, I love Joe Blog 74. Second of all, he's titled that not posh at all <laughs> which I've got to say I kind of have to agree with that um, but <laughs> to answer your question <laughs> that Rockhold fight was a great loss is it though <laughs> I can't even get through that with a straight face. Uh, that was brilliant. Obviously, I've done the other ones already, but um, yeah, obviously, Rockhold can take a hike as well, can't he? Can't he? Fuck it. Um, but my favourite win, and this is purely sentimental, uh, you can call me a stan or a fanboy or whatever, but whatever. Put the fucking T in there on RP because I'm an idiot. Um, my favorite win this year, um, has absolutely hands down been, um, Roxanne Modafferi beating Antonina Shevchenko. Um, I'm going to talk more in depth about it next week, but I, I remember exactly where I was when she, when she won. Um, I was just absolutely fucking thrilled and, um, a close second and, these could almost be interchangeable, um, would be Rob, um, well, fuck, now I've just highlighted the fact that it's Rob, but I meant Israel Adesanya, um, unifying the titles and, um, and beating Rob, not because I want to see Rob lose, that's not it at all, and I've been painting that light before, and I want to say that's not me at all, but, um, I'm really a fan of Israel Adesanya and after that walkout, just everything, I was buzzing. I was absolutely buzzing and I was fucking 
just elated beyond anything I've been this year. Um, favorite loss, got to agree with you on the cockold fight. Um, although Greg Hardy losing was pretty good too. Though not quite satisfying since there were people saying he looked good and um, he didn't get absolutely destroyed, but he did break his hand and that's certainly going to put him out for a while. Um, oh yeah, and um, there was this guy on Twitter who told me I was just looking for fucking cultural affirmation or something when I was trying to bash Greg Hardy. And listen, I doubled down on my fucking podcast. I cited all of his charges and the timeline of events. So if you think I'm looking for cultural affirmation, I am looking for you to take a bloody hike. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not a fucking glory hunter either. Some people calling me that recently. Not fucking hunting glory. I'm hunting fucking listeners, I guess, or whatever, but I'm not fucking hunting glory. It doesn't exist. Clout is not real. Getting all worked up for no reason. Here we go. Let's move on to my boy, Genghis. What it look like finding myself? It's your boy Genghis, repping Asbury. It's a sad day. Gotta lay a career to rest. You know, I'm too choked up, I can't go on. Fuck everybody. Right then, fuck everybody. Don't know if there's a question there. I think it's just a statement that it's incredibly sad that Frankie Edgar lost. And I agree with you, as you heard at the start of the show. Um, quick plug, I guess, or not really a plug, but go and have a look at Genghis's timeline, his page on Twitter. It's at Puba Pit. Um, really enjoyed his tweet before the fights with a picture of his hotel room in Vegas. Um, and then saying, I'm going to trash this room if um, Frankie wins. And if he loses, I'm going in the bathtub with a toaster. And then <laughs> right after the fight, <laughs> a gif of, I want to say it's Bill Murray or someone. Anyway, I can't remember. I mean, I obviously knew by looking at it, but I can't remember. But um, with a gif in the toaster and he said, goodbye, cruel world. Uh, I was, I was, I was sad. And happy at the same time because it just made me laugh. But um, Genghis, I'm with you. Sad as fuck for Frankie as well. Oh, here's another message from Shane Terra. I think we all really need to ask ourselves just how good of a fight would it be if Chan Sung Jung and Alexander Volkanovsky fought? I think it would be fucking awesome. I love everything about that. I would love to see him fight Volkanovsky. Um, I would also love to see him fight Max. So if they want to make that fight instead, I'd be down for that. And I'd be down for a Zabit fight. I really, uh, really uh, would love anything involving Korean Zombie at the top of those rankings. He is the truth. Love me some fucking Chan Song Jong. Okay, hear me out. 
Kevin Lee versus Colby Covington at 165 weight division for 165 title in November of 2020. What does everyone think? To that I say pish posh. I don't really see Colby Covington fighting Kevin Lee. That's going to be ugly in terms of the build-up. Um, and especially with Kevin Lee being a Bernie Sanders supporter, which made my heart swell. I don't like to get political on this podcast often, but I really do love Bernie. And seeing... Um, I'm from Vegas, by the way. Um, everyone thinks I'm from New Jersey, but I've only been living here um, for the last two years. And... Um, Prior to that, I lived in Los Angeles for nine years. So I like to say I'm from California as well. But I was born, well, I was born in California, but I was raised. Most of my schooling took place in Vegas. And um, seeing Kevin at the Bernie Sanders rally in Vegas made me really happy for Vegas and for him and Bernie and just made my heart fucking swell. So do I think Kevin Lee can beat Colby? I do. But I don't want, um, I don't want to see Kevin in that kind of negative light, in a Colby fight. I only want to see Colby get smashed, and regardless of uh, his chances in the fight or how he would fare, I do want to see him face Jorge Masvidal. Um, that's a tough fight for Jorge. So um, by no means am I saying, yeah, Jorge's going to demolish Colby, but that's a fight I would like to see, given the bad blood and the whole roommate fucking issue, that uh, issue, whatever you want to say. Uh, yeah, so if you're going to do an inaugural 165 title, it's got to include someone who's moved up and down, in my opinion, and that to me... I mean, first of all, is Jorge, but also someone like Michael Chiesa. Um, that would be a fun fight. But definitely Kevin Lee has to be in there as he's been banging that drum of 165 for years, really. Now, before I play the next question, I just wanted to um, interject quickly to say that um, I did receive a voice uh, question or via Instagram voice message from Hayden, MMA, um, friend of the show, uh, although I cannot play it, so I'm just going to sort of interpret it for you. Um, basically, he was mourning the loss of his Twitter account, and then, which this was sent earlier in the week, now has been restored. So, um, cheers, and um, happy to be back, happy to have you back, rather, Um and I think you're just a little, um, well, you were mourning too soon. That's what I'm trying to say, because I did not think you were going to be gone permanently. Um, also, he asked about the Connor versus Cowboy fight. Says he doesn't going to, he, he doesn't think it's going to go through, doesn't think it's going to happen. And he, although he did admit that neither of them has really pulled out of a fight in recent memory, um, I would point to that. Just, just reiterate your own words, man. Neither of them have pulled out of fights. Let's be positive. We don't need this already going into the year. Um, and on that, he asked, who do I have winning? And I just want to say the disrespect that's being 
shown towards Cowboy is not um, something I want to partake in. I don't think it's going to be a squash match for Connor, um, particularly at 170. And I do want to say that um, right now I'm leaning towards Connor, but I do think it's going to be a hard fought victory. Um, the reason I'm leaning Connor, by the way, is not um, skill. Actually, I think Cowboy probably has the edge um, just based on where I think the fight's going to take place. Um, but Connor has a mental advantage. Um, the reason for that, you can point to lots of times in Cowboy's career where if you get in his head, if you act disrespectful toward him, he doesn't um, take kindly to that and doesn't fight to his full potential because of it. The Nate Diaz fight, Nate got in his head, um, got him riled up, and Nate dominated him in that fight. Um, the reverse, when Yancey Medeiros was being, I don't know, complimentary toward him and friendly, um, he got his fucking ass kicked. Yancey did anyway. Um, you know, they were hugging inside the cage, like just being like proper mates, like, oh yeah, good to be fighting you, lad, oh yeah, love it, and then Cowboy sparked him the fuck out, so, things like that can happen, or the Matt Brown fight, sort of a example of both, where um, Matt Brown was beating the shit out of Cowboy, quite frankly, and uh, although it was back and forth, Cowboy was giving his as well, um, then once Cowboy wanted some respect, they, they hugged it out, Literally, from that moment on, Cowboy was looser. He was more, um, I don't know, flowy, if you will, and landed a fucking brilliant head kick that put Matt Brown's lights out. And um, that's sort of how you can see things going. So I do think Connor's going to be more on the disrespectful side, as we've seen him, right? And that's going to play into his favour. Though Cowboy might be expecting that, so I don't know, hopefully he's prepared would love nothing more than for Cowboy to spark Conor McGregor out. All right, this next person is is such a great follow. Um, that's been, uh, I've I've been glad to have them on my timeline basically because um, they first, I don't know, came across my page because of trolls. Basically, they were just trashing my podcast, and he was saying that, well, I had to check it out to see for myself, and he ended up enjoying it, so I really, uh, really appreciate that, and um, thank you for, for sending in a question. Hey, Juice. Twelve Gage 40,000 here. Seen you were looking for questions, so I figured what better time than while I'm taking a shit, so if you hear the shower in the background, I'm sorry. I missed the Korean Zombie versus uh, Frankie Edgar card. I had to work. I only seen their fight. And uh, so I'm going to ask you something about, you know, your favorite, Colby. Do you think he'll be the next Ronda Rousey, the way he went running out of the cage and was covering his face leaving the arena? I've seen some uh, George Mazadov commented on it and said something about he thinks Colby won't ever fight again. I hope that's true, but... Uh, I guess we'll have to see. What are your thoughts on it? First of all, great question. And let's unpack this. So when Ronda got knocked out by Holly Holm, she was not only emotionally devastated, um, physically she was in bad shape. I think she had like knocked some teeth out or they released loose and she could not um, 
I don't know, function for a while. And it, it, it was bad. It was really bad. And um, on the back end of it, Rhonda had done movies. She's got a career. She she had already the door opened for her to go into professional wrestling. So uh, Ronda had much more ways to make money, whereas Kobe does not. Um, he says he would like to take his talents to the WWE, but I don't think it's an open door. Um, I don't think Vince is going to be like, yeah, just come on over. Um, it's going to have to work for it. Maybe even go on the indie scene uh, the way that Matt Riddle and... Um, Shayna Baszler had to do before they got the chance. And they're fighting NXT. They're not in the WWE. So um, that just shows you the kind of um, path that is there, basically. But um, in terms of him being done, I don't think he will be. Um, uh, there was a picture that emerged um, where Colby was covering his face with his shirt, I believe. Um, in similar fashion to the Ronda Rousey photo that we've seen where she's like covering her face. Um, she's got her hoodie and then like, I don't know if it's like a folder or something that's like covering her face. Um, just absolutely devastated. And that was real. And I believe what Colby was doing was sort of staged. Um, he's not really... Um, I think Colby does know how to handle a loss. He already has done so, not only in um, his amateur wrestling days, but also early in his um, MMA career. I want to say it was against Wally Alves. Um, but yeah, he, he's not he's no stranger to that. I think him running away, um, while it may have been in the heat of the moment, was a perfectly calculated heel move to just like run away and hide and then run to Twitter and just bash Mark Goddard. Um, which, by the way, I did think that was a proper stoppage. So Mark Goddard did his job in that one. I think he was maybe fell victim to criticism, um, and that's why he botched the Frankie stoppage. I um, wanted to say that, which I did not. But, yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of Colby, and I think there's plenty of fights to be had for him, which we're going to talk about on the Twitter forum, uh, which is can't wait to get to. But, um, yeah, I, I do think we're going to see many fights for Kobe and we've definitely not seen the last of him in the UFC or MMA in general. Looking for these. Got to go back first. Okay. We've got it. So I'm going to play this question from well, he's going to introduce himself, so let's just have it. Juice, my brother. It's Dan King Crons, D Crons. Um, I hope I got this in just under the wire. Jesus, I'm still recovering from the Busan card. Um, nothing like <laughs> throwing a new timeline and all your addictions at once. Uh, big shout out to the UK for doing it always. Um, no questions. I just want to thank you, Juice, for fighting with myself and being a positive force that shines through all the negativity that's G's fault. Um, I can't wait to unwrap uh, Raging Sweet Potato uh, has prepared something for us. I can't wait to unwrap that and listen to it. Uh, just reflect on 2019. Let's fucking double egg 2020 and smash that bitch. And, uh, I don't know, kids, as we ring in the new year, 
try and keep it down. We don't want to wake Luke. He's sleeping. Um, I love all you motherfuckers, and uh, I'm not sure what's going on here, but uh, fuck Pam. Merry Christmas. That was brilliant. I loved every second of it. Um, go and follow that man, Decrons, on Twitter. Great follow on there. Great source of positivity. And um, one of my favorite profile pictures in the game. I've looked at it for, for longer than I should because this is bare arse. And that's because at first I thought it was like, it's, it's like next to a fire, like a campfire or something. And I just like, oh, that's sort of a cool edit. Like, what is that? And, you know, just looking at the thumbnail. And then I finally clicked on it one day. And I'm like, oh, it's this fucking arse. I've stared at this thing for fucking way too long. Uh, so that's my life. But um, great follow. And yeah, I do want to wake Luke. He doesn't deserve any sleep, the fucking wanker. Love it. And actually, the way he ended that is probably a great segue into um, the the Chris Mamis carols. Chris Mamis. It's sort of toying around with the name, but Christmas um, carols from Raging Sweet Potato. But there are some quality questions from Ollie Ra that I'm going to get to first. And so let's have those. Yo, Juicy Juice. How's it going, mate? It's Ollie Ra here. I just wanted to know what your three favourite fights were of 2019. And uh, also your three favourite fights of the decade. Cheers, mate. Fucking great question, but also really hard to answer. Um, I mean, we'll get to this next week when we... Next week is really when I'm going to recap 2019... But um, fight of the year is undoubtedly Israel Adesanya versus Calvin Gastelum. There's no fucking... That's first, second, and third place. That's it. Um, if we're doing best-offs. But I'm actually going to be doing multiple entries into several categories for my best-offs. Because it's not going to be best-offs. It's going to be favorites. Um, I stole that from... I'm oh, not really stolen, but I was inspired by or, or nicked that off of Fernando Proches. Um, tried to do that with the accent or dialect and it didn't really work. But anyway, um, Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gaslam, number one. Number two, on that same card, right after it, um, Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway 2. Fucking great fight. And my other favorite one... Um, Nate Diaz versus Anthony Pettis was incredible. Also, Yoel Costa on that same card. That was a great night of fights. But um, I think really the the third pick, I mean for for the third slot, um, Stipe versus DC two. That's another fucking fight of the year candidate that um, has not been mentioned enough. I I feel in terms of the fight of the year category, um, just. Probably the best heavyweight title fight ever, if we're being honest. Um, just just a perfect fight. And in terms of my favorite fights of the decade, now my favorite fight of all time is, and it's from this past decade, is uh, Michael Bisping versus Anderson Silva. Um, just an incredible war of attrition and um, really turned me into a hardcore fan. 
but there are there are too many fights of the decade to pick a top three. It's just I mean, I could go on just for hours and just list like some incredible fights. Um, but they would all be, you know, fights that have meaning to me and not necessarily like objective, like, oh, if you're a fight fan, like this has to be on your list. Like I'm I'm not interested in those kind of lists because it's all subjective. So um yeah, Bisping versus Silver is on there. Um you know, Connor versus Chad Mendez has got to be on there because that was a time when he was really beloved. And, um, you know, myself included, I think we've all kind of done with Conor McGregor in terms of his fucking just outside of the cage fuckery and just what he's made of himself in the recent years. But um, at that moment, he was a king. Um, he was what everything about MMA should be, about country and pride and the fucking post-fight interview he gave at that um fight when he's like ireland i done this for us i done this for us it, it was just um everything but um i would also have to include um roxanne modafferi versus nico Montano in that list of fights of the decade because that is my one of my favorite women's mma fights and if you haven't seen it please go watch it Juicy Juice. How's it going, mate? It's Ollie Ra here. Just, uh, just catching up on the fights. And holy fuck. Fucking Pantoja versus Schnell was fucking crazy. How about that fucking first 15 or 20 seconds? Holy shit, that's got to be go down as one of the best fucking starts to a fight. Fuck, there's a few good ones, but Jesus Christ, that was amazing. And then the knockout. Dude looked like... Fucking Schnell looked like he got fucking shot in the back with a machine gun or some shit. The way he dropped. Holy fuck, that was crazy. Absolutely. Agree. I don't think there's a question there. I think it was just a comment on Pantoja. And yeah, I fucking agree. I'm glad we got at least one bong rip on the podcast. Since um, Smokey J, your man Smokey J was absent this week. I'm sure he's probably just sleeping. He's a busy man now. He's got that red bubble thing creating merch for everybody. Love it. Yo, fucking juice, mate. It's Ollie Ra here. Uh, I fucking never got to send in a voice question last week. I fucking missed miss my chance. This dickhead, fucking hell. But um, I just had to fucking say, fuck yes, fucking Volkanovski can't. Fuck yes, Australia's got a fucking new champion. You fucking can't. Yeehoo! <laughs> course we had to uh put that in there god bless you that's all i have to say god bless volkanovsky all right and before we end the um voice segment of the forum and head on over to the twitter forum we've got some lovely christmas carols um sent in by your man raging sweet potato and i'm fucking so excited for these uh he's got a gift for these really and um if you thought my intro was good, um, which God bless you for thinking that, but if you thought that was good, you've got no idea what's coming from Raging Sweet Potato. Good. 
God bless ye, Perry Platinum, for that violent display. Remember Mike, our savior, was born to fight for pay. To save us all from boring nights when cards had gone astray. Oh, fighting for money and fame. Money and fame. Oh, fighting for money and fame. In Las Vegas or Uruguay, the savage beast will fight. He'll get the 50,000 for knockout of the night. Or he'll wake up on his back, staring at the lights. Oh, fighting for money and fame. Money and fame. Oh, fighting for money and fame. Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby a wicked fight had made To take Perry and Luke and lock them in a cage Vincent's nasty knee came up and crushed Mike Perry's face Oh, fighting for money and fame Money and fame Oh, fighting for money and fame It's not that bad, said Stitch Duran It's just a broken nose Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose That's just the way it goes Tis the nature of the game It comes with highs and lows Oh, fighting for money and fame Money and fame Oh, fighting for money and fame all the fans at Perry's fights will celebrate with glee. He always comes with bad intent, that's how it has to be. He'll throw the game plan out the door, engage in World War Three. Oh, fighting for money and fame. Money and fame. Oh, fighting for money and fame. His move to train at Jackson Wink he thought would do no harm. A chains of camp might do the trick and be his lucky charm. But he drove Cerrone out so Cowboy broke his arm. Oh, fighting for money and fame. Money and fame. Oh, fighting for money and fame. In one insightful interview, a lesson we were taught. To tell his coaches to shut up was his only thought. Neither guy wants to throw, cause then you might get caught. Oh, fighting for money and fame. Money and fame. Oh, fighting for money and fame. Well done, old boy. Well done. Perfect. And I've got nothing to say. That's just perfect. Just stole the show. Perfect. Um, but he's not done. He's not done. He left the UFC for Bellator MMA. Coker convinced him it would be for better pay. They chose to not resign because he is a pill. Now he's gonna go and make a cool one mil. PFL, PFL, Rory's on the way. Doug Lima's low calf kicks just aren't worth the pay. Hey, PFL, PFL, Rory's on the way. Doug Lima's low calf kicks just aren't worth the pay. A day or two ago, he signed a new contract. He ran from Doug Lima because his leg got jacked. The kicks were low and mean. Fascia was torn off. Rory won the first. Three match was a loss. Oh, PFL, PFL. Rory's on the way. Doug Lima's low calf kicks just aren't worth the pay. Hey, PFL, PFL, Rory's on the way. Doug Lima's low calf kicks just aren't worth the pay. Musasi beat his ass. Lima took his belt. Those nasty fucking kicks are the worst thing that he's felt. So he took the deal with Ali Abdelaziz. Now he's in C-League, run by fucking sleaze. Oh, PFL, PFL, Rory's on the way. 
Doug Lima's low calf kicks just aren't worth the pay. Hey, PFL, PFL, Rory's on the way. Doug Lima's low calf kicks just aren't worth the pay. Yes, I loved it, loved it. So that's called Jingle Belts. Um, obviously, the first one was called God Bless You, Perry Platinum. Um, thought that was um, easily... Uh, surmised if you will um but uh, jingle bells was not in the actual song so i thought i'd say the title of that one and uh last from the sweet potato here we've got um i i asked him to send me the um the one he did um a couple of weeks ago about um christmas in mma twitter not a song but more like a poem that you know towards the night before christmas poem but um there are there are people that listen to this podcast that aren't on twitter so um or, or if they are, they might not be following him. So um, if you missed it, this is a great little, um, just something to get you in the mood for, for Christmas and MMA. It was the weeks before Christmas, and all throughout Twitter, MMA fans were jaded and bitter. Fight Pass was loaded on the tablet with care, in hopes ESPN fights soon would be there. The casuals were nestled all smug in their beds, while visions of proper 12 danced in their heads. Hardcores were still watching, pride from 04. Soccer kicks, head stomps, pyrotechnics galore. When down at USADA came a positive hit, I ran to find out just who was in shit. Checked with Holwani to see who they got, maybe he'd know who had pissed hot. The stamp on the test said New Mexico. I thought Jones had popped, most likely for blow. When, of course, unsurprised, I finally see, yet again he is pulsing picograms of M3. When the test disappeared into the night, I knew who to blame. The Prez, Dana White. Damage control was the name of the game, so he brought in his minions to help shift the blame. Now Sanko and O'Evans, Felder and O'Levy, on Bryant, on Sonnen, Cruz and Novitsky. To keep your contracts, you must defend Jones. Now tweet away, tweet away, tweet from your phones. Devoid of suspensions despite this fourth instance, Bones would provide substantial assistance. So he named names and pointed the finger, and continues to do so when metabolites linger. And then, with excitement, we heard from Ali, we were finally getting Tony Khabib. From now until April, all they must do is avoid camera cables and tiramisu. Khabib in his fuzzy, pupushka hat, and Tony screaming, this is my mat. Fans know we're in for one hell of a fight, so long as they're safe from now till that night. Then came an announcement we would finally learn when Conor McGregor would make his return. He'd fight Donald Cerrone at welterweight to set up a fight with Jorge or Nate. He made the smart choice to watch what he says. He remembers the fate of young Hernandez. Cowboy posted his stats, a big bonus winner, but Connor just said, Enjoy Christmas dinner! From now until fight night, there'll be no champagne, because Connor is running a PR campaign. He'll do what he can to shine up his past, because this next fight just might be his last. But Dana's not worried about Connor's fate. The ESPN deal pays a flat rate. Thus, he continues to look for contenders and occasionally goes on gambling vendors. He's terrified of union bargaining power and only cares for the man of the hour. So he'll hand out a bonus at the end of the night, saying, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good fight. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everybody. Absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Perfect. Perfect way to end the voice segment. And now let's hop onto Twitter. All right, let's have a go at these Twitter questions, shall we? First one comes from Dolwhite, I think I'm saying that right. It's at dark underscore gone, and he says, 
I want to know if you feel TKZ has earned enough respect that we can start putting his given name on fight posters again, or do you feel like there's no disrespect or that TKZ is fitting? And to be perfectly honest, I do think it's fitting, and I actually think uh, the reverse is true. It's a sign of respect and uh, just a sign that he's over with the fans, that they feel confident in putting his name uh, well, his nickname, uh, Korean Zombie, as a distinction rather than his given name of Chan Song Jong. Um, and also, I think it's up to him. Um, I think he quite likes being called the Korean Zombie. I, I think I heard that in an interview. Uh, or not like an interview. I think it was one of those pre-fight packages where he said, like, you know, he loves his nickname or something like that. And I just think that it's so fitting. Like, I know his name, Chan Song Jong. I even remember doing um, a post... A um, couple of months back saying name a fighter who's no known more by their nickname than their given name and I put Wonderboy as an exa example um, half of those or at least 25% of them were Chan Song Jong slash Korean zombie and there was plenty of people saying yep that person's right because I definitely didn't know his name it's not uh, disrespectful in my opinion that they're using the nickname but if you think it does then absolutely he's earned that right I mean or, or rather if he feels that way I think it's all um, you know personal preference for him so um, thank you for the question and I do think it's a it's a brilliant talking point um, you know we'd love to know his opinion of course you know we can only trust the translator in that um, scenario but I do feel um, it's actually a sign of respect that they're putting um korean zombie rather than his name just like rampage jackson for example um you know i think it's cool to be honest that's me anyway um this next question is from joe blogs 74 and he asks what's your worst and best christmas present that you have got first the best is from this year I've mentioned it before and online. Um, my wife got me the Harry Potter books in Spanish. And I can't think of a better present anyone has ever gotten me. Of course, I did ask for them. We talked about it. But it's still just perfect um, for for lots of reasons. Loads of reasons. Um, you know, I um, used to speak Spanish when I was growing up with my dad. He speaks perfectly perfectly fluent Spanish and um, I've lost it over the years and I'm trying to get it back so um, this is just perfect because I know the story of Harry Potter so well having read the books in English many times and seen the films as well so um, this is just um, a way for me, to, for me to brush up on that and I'm loving it so far I, I'm only um, through the first chapter um, just because I've got to um, you know I've got shit to do to be honest with you work is crazy and this podcast but um i've been loving it it's really 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 been brilliant um and as far as the worst um actually this is perfect because i just got off the phone with my um with an old friend and uh this story involves him uh <laughs> his name is kevin shiley and he doesn't listen to this podcast but um that doesn't change my feelings toward him um one year, this is the worst and best. Um, so one year, uh, I was in college and I was working for a burger restaurant. And actually, I've told a few stories about this uh, burger restaurant online and maybe once or twice on this podcast. I recently told um, a couple of stories 
um, when uh, my man Drew Jitsu had a, a tweet about um, the worst pickup line. <laughs> Told a few questions from that. But I worked at this place and I had to work on fucking Christmas Day. And um, I didn't get really anything that year. Um, I'm sure my family sent me something, but nothing came from anyone else, really. And um, I was alone, and so was he. All, all of our friends went back home uh, to see their families. So we were kind of orphaned, if you will, in, in Los Angeles. And um, my fucking boss at the time, I think I got sent home early, um, and so did he. I think we both had to work, and then we got sent home early. And my boss had given me uh, like a fucking Christmas bonus of like 80 bucks or something like that, or like 75 bucks. I was like, who whoop do you fucking do? You you drive a Mercedes G-Wagon, you fucking rich prick. It's a fucking Lebanese guy. But um, anyway, um, we, we were both kind of broke. And I said, do you know what? Let's take this um, bonus and let's turn it into just we'll have a schlubby Christmas, we called it. And we just fucking went to um, the food store and our um, um, pajamas probably not the proper word for that but i don't care um and we fucking bought um tons of booze and pizza and rented some movies and so it was like the worst present because i was like you, you fucking rich prick you giving me 75 bucks but we turned into the one of one of the my favorite christmas memories um so i'm really really happy that um got to tell that story well i, I remember we watched the help um and we ended up making a drink called um, Brandy Alexander. Um, it's from a play called, uh, well, I mean, it's a drink that exists, obviously, but um, we, uh, it, was, it was from a play that we did in college. And um, this girl in the, in the play was like, oh, Brandy Alexander, it's a Christmas drink. So we're like, we'll fucking have Brandy Alexander. It was just everything. So um shout out to kevin wherever you are all right this next question is from dad bro at looking at mma says korean superboy damn who do we give him next he can crack but where does duho Choi go now um so firstly korean superboy um the answer is we don't know because he's meant to be serving his mandatory uh military service um, right now and the only reason he got to fight in the UFC is because they came to South Korea he's not allowed to leave the country so it's one of those um, it's one of those um, odd situations where we don't know what to do I mean on a win maybe there's something that could be done but I'm um, you know without knowing what actually goes on behind the scenes i'm sure in a loss you know his his countrymen are saying shame disgrace just kidding just being a little bit dramatic there but um i don't think in a loss no one's going to jump through hoops again on another card are they no um so where is he going next into hiding that's what i have to say just just being honest not trying to bury him i, I like the korean superboy quite a lot um this fucking next question is from Mixed Man, Mixed Doo Doo at Mixed Man. He says, 
Korean zombie will beat Volk and be chat. He, he's put a poll, right? Um, I forgot that you can do polls in the comments of something, which is just weird because I feel like a poll should be your own post. Not that he's breaking the rules. I'm actually quite thrilled. It's in my forum, but it's just weird that Twitter does that. Um, it says Korean zombie will beat Volk and be champ in 2020. Um, the options he's put are yes, fuck yes, and five zombie emojis. Um, so, with 42.9%, fuck yes is in the lead, and I, I think those are the final results, actually. Um, and then, yes, and the zombie emojis are tied for 28.6%. For what it's worth, I voted for the zombie emojis, because, why not? Um, next question is from Guy Shook, that's at Guy Shook 79, says, with Colby losing and humiliating himself post-fight, and Jorge Masvidal most likely set up to fight either Woodley, which is doubtful, or Leon Edwards, did Epstein really kill himself? And the answer is no, he did not fucking kill himself, and I'm so glad he fucking put that in the forum. Well done, Guy Shook. Well done, old boy. And also, fuck Colby Cuckington. Um, okay, next question is from Ashwin at Omnishwin. says, what's your favorite weight class for 2020? The one you're looking forward to the most. Oh, and then Man of Mayhem said that he's nicked that from him. Um, so I suppose I should ask. It's just Ashwin's came up first in my order of looking at things, but Mayhem, Man of Mayhem did do it first. And he says, as it stands now, what is the best division in the UFC and the one that you are most excited about going to 2020? So for me, it's lightweight. I mean, it does not get any better than Tony versus Khabib. And if you're out there saying, oh, I can't get excited about it till it actually happens. If you're out there thinking or wishing that anyone's going to pull out, you need to put on a fucking vest with pockets and take a bloody hike. Done with you. This is going to happen. Happen. Fuck. And yeah, for for that reason, lightweight is the only. I mean, it's the one of the one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. And like, no matter what happens in that fight, if Khabib wins, which I am willing to concede as a possibility, um, and let's be honest, a probability. Um, you know, there's still lots of matchups to be had. Maybe GSP will slide in there. Um, maybe Khabib will finally go. Or maybe they'll finally create the 165 pound division um, for him. Maybe he can fight Kevin Lee for the inaugural belt. Uh, you know, may maybe Kevin Lee gets his shot finally against Khabib. There's lots of fun matchups. We've got Felder versus Hooker happening, and that's definitely going to be an exciting fight. So lightweight to me has the most exciting matchups and you've got the return of you know the irishman so um lots to be had there and this is another question from dad bro here it says frankie edgar retire or give 135 i think he meant to say give 135 a chance or give it a go uh, it says also jung gets alex or winner of alex versus max rematch or makes more sense to fight Max now for a shot at the belt, or fight loser of that rematch for a shot at the belt. I say the latter. Fight Alex for a shot at Max's belt after their rematch. Of course, his biased Hawaiian thinks Max will take the rematch. Um, yeah, to be honest, I I I really think they're going to make the rematch. I think it just makes good business sense. 
And I think both people are interested in that fight. So um, if for some reason they don't make it, maybe you have Chan Sun Jung on standby, you know, just in case, because um, he certainly earned his. Or maybe you do, because after Zabit beat um, Calvin Cater, he's been climbing for a title shot. And to be honest, I think it's way too fucking soon for him. So maybe um, Zombie versus Zabit for a true number one contenders fight. Maybe put it on the same card as the Max Volkanovski rematch. Um, but we still need to see Zabit fight five rounds. No, it needs to be its own fight night where he fights a proper fucking five round fight and doesn't dodge it with a fucking excuse. All right, this um, next question is from Ashwin again. He says, what's the mission of the year for 2019? Um, well, uh, I said earlier that I'm going to be doing my best ofs next year. I mean, not next year, next week for, for the year. And uh, I'll give my pick right now. I think, well, I'm going to list tons of them. Not tons, but several. And so not really giving much away. I think we can all pretty much unanimously agree on uh, Bryce Mitchell's twister from just a few weeks ago that um, fucking takes the cake um, unequivocally, in my opinion. But there were lots of... I, I put up a post and lots of you were very, very good, very good at um, giving me uh, submissions that happened throughout the year. And there were some well ones that threw under the flew under the radar that I can't wait to highlight that are definitely honorable mentions for that category um so yeah Bryce Mitchell but there are tons more and we're going to get into that next week um this next question is from December the thirst at underscore getting underscore toasty underscore it says does TKZ continue on his warpath and they rebook Ortega or does he rematch with the A year? Uh, what does he need to do that's going to be enough that he fights for the strap? Um, I wouldn't mind a rebooking of the Ortega fight, although I don't think Ortega is going to want to fight him again after he's seen him just walk, just absolutely walk through Frankie. So um, I hope they book him versus Zabit, and that's a true number one contender fight. That's what I think. Um but I don't hate rebooking of the Ortega fight because Ortega needs to be put through the zombie ringer, in my opinion. Uh, this next question is from Little Miss Christmas at we underscore Linz underscore, who has the distinction of being the first female to send in a voice question to the podcast. Um, although that same episode did feature my girl, my soul twin, Ashley and my nerd. So... You know what, they can share that distinction since it was on the same episode. Just timing. And um, she says, which current UFC star would you like to have spending time with you at Christmas and why? Well, I don't know if you mean they have to be a star, as in like a draw or like a champion or someone that's like well known. Um, if if it's open to interpretation and we can have anybody, I'd like to have Roxanne just to spend time with her and just tell her how much she's meant to me um, and how much it meant to me that she actually listened to this podcast at one point in time. I don't think she still listens and she definitely shouldn't because I talk a lot of shit on here. But um, that meant so much to me and I, um, I definitely um, would like to just sort of, I don't know, that I need that positivity in my life because she's incredibly positive. Um, but... 
and this is like a close second anyway even if it was just i was just picking one this would be close second if it had to be a star it would be israel adesanya he's my favorite right now and um i just feel like we're so um we would get along just just like just like old mates so um I would have tons of fun with Izzy and I would have him fucking probably whip my ass a little bit as well. That would be fun. I'm a fucking sadist, aren't I? Um, this question is from Little Uzi Horizontal at Uzi for Prez. Um, he says, Will world peace be achieved in 2020 when TKZ wins the title? Well, I'm going to say yes. Going to say yes. And that's all I have to say. Um, this next question is from Gringo Enojado, one of my favorite Twitter names I've seen in, in recent um, memory. It's The handle is at Somos Enojado, which if memory serves, I think it should be Somos Enojados. Fabian was always my um, grammar checker for Spanish. So I'd like, no, it's this way. You've got to say it this way. So Fabian can tell me if that's right. But... Um, Got a feeling like, given the gringo moniker, doesn't need to be right. It's kind of like a cool thing. Anyway, he's asked, what's next for Gan, Cyril Gan? And um, I think I've gone over this a little bit, um, but I definitely want to see him fight Greg Hardy. Um, although, in the interest of trying to be different, um, you know, someone like um, maybe uh, Alexei Olenek, since... Um, Although Cyril is like a kickboxer, he's been getting submissions, though not in his last fight. But um, his first two were quick, you know, interesting submissions. And who better to fight than the fucking boa constrictor? Although to be honest, Cyril's probably going to spark him out. And Blake at Woolman seven two four two has asked: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I love that. Um, that to me is the only acceptable answer for this question. And if you do not think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, you are fucking missing the spirit of the joke and just of Christmas movies in general. Um, and this next question is from... Um, Alicia, it's at Caffeine Cornet. She's been missing from Twitter as of late, so it's so good to have her on the podcast. And she's asked, what were your top five moments of 2019? Um, well, um, as I, I responded to her and let her know, I'm going to be doing a full recap next week of my favorite moments. Um, but just a quick preview. I'm, I mean, I'm going to be talking about why and how i started this podcast because that's an mma moment right i mean this is an mma podcast and just how i kind of came to be on the on the mma twitter scene if you will and um i'm going to be talking about obviously um the highs and lows of my favorite fighter and um certain things that happened during the life of this show and i'm going to be talking about you know some of my favorite title fights as well there's going to be loads of fun to be had you know we're going to be talking about um, favorite knockouts, favorite submissions of the year. We're going to be talking about favorite post-fight interviews, which is uh, something that I don't know if anybody else does. It's just a favorite thing of mine that I'm going to be bringing to the show. And um, we're going to be talking about um, 
my, I'm going to be giving awards to my favorite MMA podcasts. I'm going right after I end the show. I'm going to be sending um, messages to, to all of them, asking them to send me an acceptance speech, if you will, so you can get to hear just a little snippet of what they bring to the table, and uh, you can check out some of my favorite podcasts because I've just felt so much like part of a community since I started doing the show, and the people that I found are really just brilliant it's really great so i want to um share some some positivity with them and and share share the love spread some spread some joy this holiday season as corny as that may sound um and um so i'm going to be uh, i've already got one because i told i told them to do it and they they've already done it so um you're going to be hearing some some podcasts you're also going to be hearing this was at the suggestion of man of mayhem um my favorite accounts who i wish would start a podcast or if I if they were to, I think they would do well at it. So that's something to look forward to as well. And then um, yeah, I think that actually ends the show. So we're going to um, that's that's we're going to do the forum um, right now, and then going to preview what's next uh, coming up for for next week. So I've already sort of given you a preview of what's to come when I answered Alicia's question, but I wanted to say that um, there, since there are no more UFC fights for the end of the year, we're going to be getting getting a bit creative um, throughout the next couple of weeks. Starting with next episode is going to be my end of the year episode, and what we are doing is just listing some favorite moments of of 2019 in MMA and some favorite. Um, what finishes like knockouts and submissions a lot of people do uh, a best of list like they'll just do like pick one for each and do like this was the best knockout and to me that's all subjective and you know i don't like to just pick one and i've actually stolen this from um fernanda Prages, one of my um favorite new podcasts i've been listening to it's called well actually and um the first episode i encountered of hers she did a a list of her favorite fighters of the decade and she said i'm not going to do the best ones these are my personal favorites that's what i'm going to do i'm going to be doing my favorites because um i don't want to get into like who is better than who and who's more deserving um it's just about my favorites so these i'm going to highlight the favorite ones um that um happened this year i'm sure it's going to be um similar to what you will hear but my point being is that mostly people are going to just pick one oh this was unequivocally the knockout of the year this is unequivocally the fight of the year but to me there can just there can be more than one so i'm going to highlight a lot of my favorites so that that's something we're going to do and because of that because of the awards that i'm giving out and also the highlights that i'm going to be talking about we're not going to do a forum However, what I would like to do is to have everyone listening to this podcast, um, particularly if you have submitted a voice question in the past and are familiar of, of how to do it, I prefer to do it via Anchor, the Anchor app. I tweet out the link quite often and I will, you know, prior to recording next week, just want to get this in early in case anyone is listening and wants to get started. But just send me the words thank you that's it um so that's a little sneak preview um for what's to come next week just say the words thank you that's it not anything else not um no other fluff behind it just just thank you and um 
going to be doing something fun with that. And um, in the spirit of Christmas, I wanted to leave you with one last Christmas carol. Just a quick one, just a little ditty. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you to take your phone. Go to the app you're listening on. Make my wish come true. And baby, give this podcast a five-star review. Fuck Mariah Carey. Or I'm Mariah Carey. Fuck Nick Cannon. We're Team Slim Shady in this bitch. Yeah, I dropped the dialect because it's over. Man, thank you for listening to this podcast. You guys are my fucking Christmas gift this year. The fact that I get to do this and that people uh, listen to my uh, blab ramblings i was gonna say blatherings it's not a fucking real word but um i mean maybe it is um but uh i can't thank everyone enough and so if if you do like the show and you feel so compelled to um give me a five-star review huh um particularly if you're on apple podcasts because that's where the reviews may matter the most for like getting traction and things like that and so I would just really appreciate it. Other than that, um, if you uh, want to follow me on a day-to-day basis, you can follow me at um, Aaronish Jackson on Twitter. Uh, otherwise, if you want to get updates for the podcast and things like that, or you know, live tweeting on fight nights, it's going to be all under FWM underscore pod. Um, same on Twitter and Instagram. I still need to do more with the Instagram. I just like, like, I don't know. I'm not fucking good with like Photoshop and shit. So. Um, this is a side note for me, and I'm rambling, of course, because that's what I do, as I said in the rap from the last episode. Uh, anyways, I love you guys, and Merry Christmas to you and your family if you're listening to this, and have a wonderful day.